Well, this morning, we're going to begin a brand new series on Easter Sunday entitled Empty. How many are thankful that the grave is empty this morning? Amen? The grave couldn't hold him. Death was arrested, and Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. And today, we're going to celebrate that empty tomb. And the heartbeat of this message over the next three weeks is really just simply this. Because the tomb is empty, our lives don't have to be. Because the tomb is empty, our lives don't have to be. And today we're going to talk about how that because there's an empty tomb, our lives, our hearts can be filled. What we're going to talk about is a living hope that comes through Jesus. Next week we're going to talk about how that because the tomb is empty, our lives can be filled with a life-giving faith that changes everything. And then in three weeks, we're going to talk about how that because the tomb is empty, our lives can be filled with the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, and that we can be fully alive because the tomb is empty. Amen? So this morning, let's look together in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. It's the resurrection story, and the Bible says this. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb, and they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? One of my favorite verses of scripture amen why do you seek the living among the dead look what he says he is not here but is risen come on somebody he is not here but is risen remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee saying the son of man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again and they remembered his words Think of that, that little phrase right there. And they remembered his words. On what seemed like the darkest day of their life was Jesus was nailed to a cross as their Savior, their Lord, their God, their King, their friend was laid in a borrowed tomb. They were crushed. They were devastated. They were overwhelmed by the reality of all of their hope and all of their faith and all of their expectation had been wrapped up in this one man by the name of Jesus. He was who they believed to be the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer of the world. He was the one that all the prophets in the Old Testament had prophesied and spoken about. And when they nailed him to a cross and they laid his dead body, in a tomb all their hope died with him and then on that first Easter morning the women went to the tomb with the spices they had prepared to anoint his dead body and his body was not there And the angels of the Lord spoke to them and said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. And then he says, Do you not remember what he told you? And they remembered his words. 
They remembered the fact that Jesus, who had walked with them and talked with them, who had healed the sick and even raised the dead, while he was with them on the earth, he looked at them and he told them that there was coming a day that he would be crucified, that he would literally die on a cross, that he would offer himself as a living sacrifice to the Father so that for the sins of the world, your sin, my sin, and the sin of all humanity would be laid on him, that he who knew no sin, the Bible says, would become sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God through faith in him. And the Bible says they remembered his word as he had prophesied of his death and he had prophesied of his resurrection that on the third day he would rise again. And what I love about Easter is I love the fact that all the world kind of pauses for a moment to acknowledge that there is a Savior. Because we all in this room here today know that Easter is not about rabbits and bunnies. <laughs> it's about a resurrected Savior who conquered death, hell, and the grave. Amen? So that you and I could have everlasting life. What a blessing, what a joy that is. So today let's talk about that resurrection. Look at that first point. If you're a note taker today, Jesus is alive. He is risen from the dead, and because the tomb is empty, our lives don't have to be. So let's talk about that resurrection today. Let's talk about the fact that that empty tomb means that I can have a filled life. That that empty tomb means that my heart can be filled with what we're going to see today. The Bible calls a living hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Look at that next point on your outline this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ fills us with a living hope. We have hope in life and we have hope in death because the tomb is empty. 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 and 4. Listen to what the Apostle Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says. Look what he says. He says, Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Literally, he has born us again. We have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, that has been reserved in heaven for you. We have been born again to a living hope. If you're here today or you're watching me online and you've been born again, Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, then guess what? You've been born again to a living hope. And as I was praying and thinking about that little phrase, a living hope, a hope that is alive, a hope that is living, a hope that is life-giving, I was thinking about the realization that a living hope in Christ is not just based on what has been done. And it's not just based on what we expect or hope will be done. But a living hope in Christ is not something that happened in the past. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. It's really about something that's happening right now in our hearts and in our lives. We have a living hope. We have a hope, yes, that is rooted in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a hope that creates an expectation that one day we're going to cross from this life into the next life. But the realization is not only do we have a hope for tomorrow and a hope that's rooted in yesterday, but we have a living, life-giving, breathing hope on the inside of us. 
Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside all of you who have been born again. Who have been born again. Understand something today. Salvation is not an intellectual thing. Salvation is a spiritual thing. And if you do not have a living hope, a hope that abounds, a hope that abides, a hope that endures, a hope that is greater than the circumstances and situation of your life, then you're living short of the hope that God has for you. Look at that next point. Let's talk about this hope in life. It means that we can live every day with hope. What does it mean to have hope in life through Christ? What does this living hope in Jesus do for us? Well, it gives us the opportunity to live every day with hope, literally an expectation for good. The word hope literally means to expect good. And if you have a living hope in Christ, then guess what happens? You have this expectation that you have good things that God is going to do in store for you. We say it at Liberty Church all the time, the best is yet to come. Come on, somebody. See, a living hope means that we live every day with an expectation of good. Our best days are ahead of us because the God of hope lives within us. Our best day is ahead of us because the God of hope lives in us. We have this living hope that that sanctifies and purifies our heart. We have this living hope that calls us up and calls us out of the things of this world. We have this living hope that stirs up an expectation that in our darkest days, on our darkest nights, in our lowest moments, there's something in the heart of a born-again believer that says it's not over yet. <laughs> it may look dim and dark, and it may seem like the worst day of your life. But if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have been born again to a living hope that says there's still more to come. There's still more to come. Listen to what the Scripture says. Romans 15 verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope, how many of you know he's the God of hope today? Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you, look what it says, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We get to abound in hope. Why? Because the God of hope lives on the inside of us. We're not abandoned and we're not orphaned and we're not forsaken. We have been given a living hope. We have a life-giving God who is the God of all hope living on the inside of us. And if you're here today and you don't have a living hope, if your hope is based on what you see, instead of the one who lives on the inside of you, then today's a good day for you. Amen? Because the Bible says that today is the day of salvation and now is the appointed time because there is a living hope. A living hope that brings joy and peace. A living hope that creates an expectation. Why? Because my hope is not rooted in what's happening around me. My hope is rooted in the one who lives within me. We've been raised to life. We've been brought out of darkness into his glorious light. We've been brought out of despair into a living hope that says, you know what? The best is yet to come because God's not done. How many glad he's not done? 
I'm glad that on the cross it was finished, but I'm glad that in our lives he's still working on me and you. Amen? I'm glad that everything that needed to be done has been done, but I'm glad he's still working on me and you. And his best days, your best days are yet to come because you serve the God of hope. I was thinking about our world, and if you watch the news, which I don't try to watch much of, <laughs> and you scroll through social media, you find out that there is, we are living in a world that has seemingly lost its hope. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of tragedy, I want you to know today there is a living hope in Christ. On your darkest day, there is a bright light that shines out into our hearts through the person of the Holy Spirit. We have a hope that abounds, a hope that perseveres, a hope that endures the darkest days of life. I was thinking about this living hope and I was remembering back over Kelly and I's story and our journey of faith together. And I remembered when, as many of you guys know, she went through a severe depression for 10 years, suicidal depression. And four months before God healed her and delivered her, I had to drive her over to Decatur and check her into the psychiatric center in Decatur. And I'll never forget driving her over there and dropping her off just a few weeks before Christmas. And I'll never forget the reason we went to the psychiatric center and she admitted herself was because the tormenting thoughts of suicide were so great, she was afraid that she wouldn't live to Christmas. And I remember dropping her off at the psychiatric center and I remember driving home. I remember spending my first birthday since we'd been married without my wife by my side. And then I remember that first Sunday that I preached. I remember the text that I preached out of. I remember the message that God gave me. It's Psalms 103, 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your disease. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle I remember standing up that Sunday and preaching with all my heart about all the benefits of those who serve God how that he's a God who heals and a God who delivers and a God who redeems and that our best days are ahead of us it was my darkest night but it was my brightest day because there's a living hope guys there's a living hope as pastors, Kelly and I have walked through tragedy and we've walked through grief with more families than we can even begin to imagine and think about. And as we have walked by the sides of those who have lost their loved one, those who have lost their children, those who have buried the people that were the nearest and dearest to them, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, there's a God of hope that sustains. Isn't that right, Renee? There's a God of hope that sustains. There's a God of hope that in our darkest, deepest hours sparks something in our souls that says it's not over yet. And I'm going to keep on believing and I'm going to keep on hoping and I'm going to keep on pressing and I'm going to keep on living. The tragedy of our world today is that we have so many people who have given up on their lives because they have lost their hope. But the good news of the gospel is that there's a God of hope. Amen. And when you get born again, the scripture said, we just read it, that you get born again to a living hope. 
that does not fade away and does not pass by. It is a life-giving hope. Not only do we have hope in life, look at that next point, but we also have hope in death. This means that our hope is eternal, that we don't have to live to the fear. We don't have to fear death because Jesus conquered death and gave us eternal life. We have hope in life, but we also have hope in death. We have this amazing hope that says, you know what? Death is not the end. It's just the beginning of life for those who believe in Jesus. Amen? We don't have to fear death because Jesus conquered Death. It's been said that until you conquer the fear of death, you're not ready to live your life. Because as long as you fear death, you're always living handicapped with reservations that keep you from living the fullness of who God has called you to be. The Apostle Paul made this amazing statement. He said, for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. How could he make such a statement? How could he stare death in the eye, being persecuted, being afflicted, being imprisoned most of his Christian life for preaching the gospel? How could he live that kind of life? How could he face death and persecution and affliction and torment and literally suffered all that he suffered with an attitude of expectancy and hope that says to live is Christ and to die is gain? He could do it because he had a hope to live by, but he also had a hope to die by. He had hope in life, and he also had hope in death where he could live the life God had called him to live. Hebrews chapter 2, listen to what the Scripture says. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, speaking of Jesus. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who had lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus broke the power of death so he could set us free from the fear of death. He could set us free from the fear of death that keeps us living in reservation and keeps us living in fear and torment. One of the most tormenting things that can ever happen in an individual's life is to face death without the certainty of life on the other side. One of the most fearful things that can happen in a person's life, again, is to face death without the certainty of eternal life on the other side. John chapter 11, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the resurrection, the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asks the question, do you believe this? Do you believe that today? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection life? Do you believe that he is the only one that can save you, redeem you, rescue you, and grant you everlasting life? Do you believe there's a living hope in Jesus today? Because if you believe that he is the resurrection the life, you don't have to fear death, and you can live your life with the confidence and hope that comes from knowing a resurrected Savior who lives and abides and dwells on the inside. Amen. He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. 
The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 sums it up beautifully. The Corinthian church was struggling. There were individuals that were saying that the resurrection had passed, that not everybody was going to rise from the dead, and that the resurrection really wasn't a thing that everybody was going to experience. And the Apostle Paul confronts this heresy in the church and this false doctrine, and this is what he says. He said, if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. And in that case, all those who have died believing in Christ are lost. Look at verse 19. And if our hope in Christ is only in this life. Paul said, we have hope in Christ in this life. He said, but that's not the only hope that we have. It's not just a hope for living. It's a hope that confronts dying so we can live forever and ever in the presence of God. If our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see that just as death came through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Because of Adam, we are all born in sin. We're all dead in our sins, separated from God. The Scripture says in Ephesians that we are without hope. The realization is, I've shared this many times, Jesus did not die and rise again, right? To make bad people good people. He died so that dead people could be alive. The realization is every person you know that's not born again as a Christian in Jesus Christ is dead in their sins and they are separate from God. And if they die in that condition, they will spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. It's not that they're just missing out on a good life. They're missing out on eternal life. And the realization, I saw a little Facebook post this week that kind of summed it up. It said this, everybody's going to live forever. The question is location, location, location. Are you going to live forever in heaven or are you going to live forever in hell? Are you going to live forever in the presence of God? Or are you going to live forever in a place of eternal torment where you're separated from God the Father? The realization is simply this. There is hope in Christ for life and for death. And only Jesus can give us that. Only Jesus can deliver us from the bondage of death and bring us into eternal life. Look at that next point, our last point on our outline this morning. Everyone wants to live forever. But eternal life is not just a thing that we obtain. I want you to hear this. It's a person that we know. Eternal life is the result of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ because the tomb is empty. Our lives don't have to be. Everyone wants to live forever. Listen to Ecclesiastes 3.11. The Bible says, speaking of God, He has made everything beautiful in its time and He has put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. God has put eternity in the hearts of men. Everybody wants to live forever. Everybody wants to escape death. I was doing a little research this week. I was reminded of something I had heard about, and I went and did a little research on it. I found out there's actually a company in Arizona that for $200,000, they will freeze your body and one day bring you back to life. And let me just tell you, they're making a lot of money. 
If $200,000 is too much money for you, I thought this was interesting. For $80,000, they will decapitate you and just freeze your head. This is real. Because they said that once the technology advanced to the point that they could bring you back to life, they could take your DNA from your head and make you a brand new body. I got looking on there and I recognized there are a lot of billionaires. Some of the wealthiest people in the world have decided they don't want to die. One gentleman literally has invested $370 million. $370 million in a company that promises that one day he can cheat death. Why in the world are they doing that? Because eternity has been set in the heart of every man. Every man wants to live forever. But here's the good news of the gospel. You don't need $370 million. You don't need $200,000. And you don't even need $80,000. What you need is faith in a resurrected Savior. His name is Jesus. It's faith in Jesus, amen, that will give you hope in life and hope in death. I want to give you one last scripture here. John chapter 3, we know this scripture, verse 16 and 17. John 3, 16, the most familiar, popular scripture on the planet today. But if you know the story of John chapter 3, a man by the name of Nicodemus, he was a religious leader. He was a Pharisee. He, was, he knew the law forward and backwards. He was a righteous man by the standard of the law. He was a moral man by the standard of society. He was the kind of guy that every, quote, religious person wanted to be. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night and says, What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, You must be born again you must be born again why because unless you're born again to a living hope then you die with no hope separated from God unless you're born again by the Spirit of God then you die with no hope in life or in death you must be born again and then Jesus gives us the most quoted verse of Scripture in the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I love verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Christ might be saved. We have a living hope today. Because we serve a resurrected Savior. And I want you just to bow your heads with me today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're watching online, I want you just to, I want you just to focus in. I want you to look at your own heart this morning. I want to ask you a question today. Do you have a living hope? Do you have a living hope that's not based on circumstance? That's not based on the merit of your flesh or the circumstances of your life. Do you have a living hope that grows and flourishes and survives and thrives and perseveres even in your darkest, darkest moments? That living hope 
comes from knowing Jesus Christ. In John chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus said this, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Eternal life is not something we obtain intellectually or even scientifically. Eternal life is something we obtain by faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I don't have that living hope. I've never been born again. Maybe I know about God in my head, but I've never experienced God in my heart. And today I want to be born again to that living hope. I want to be saved. I want to know that I know that I know that I have eternal life because I want to conquer the fear of death so I can actually begin to live my life in a way that honors God. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Keith, today's my day. Easter Sunday is my day. And I want to be born again to that living hope in Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this building. Just a simple act of faith. I'm going to pray with you here in just a moment. If you're watching online, hit that hand emoji. Type in that chat box. I'm raising my hand. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now across this building. We're going to pray a prayer together in just a minute because God loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. And there is a living hope that only comes through Jesus. A hope you can live with and a hope that you can die with. The kind of hope that changes everything. If you raise your hand, our ushers are going to come. They're going to slip a little packet in your hand because we want to help you take those next steps in following the Lord Jesus Christ. But today is your day. So we're going to pray this prayer out loud together. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to say it with me. If you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you say, Pastor Keith, you're talking to me, and I want to be born again. I know if I were to die right now, I'm not ready to meet the Lord. But today is my day of salvation, and now is my appointed time, and I want to accept Christ. I want us to pray this prayer together. Everybody out loud, let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I believe that Jesus is my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I want to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause today. If you raised your hand today and you received a packet, if you'd fill out the card on the front and give it to an usher, I'd personally like to follow up with you, welcome you to the family of the Lord. If you're here today and you don't have a regular church family, we would love to have you at Liberty Church next Sunday, part two. We're going to talk about how the empty tomb fills our hearts with a life-giving faith. You won't want to miss it. We love you guys. God bless you. Happy Easter. He's alive. You are dismissed. Have a great day in the Lord.